Today is Friday, February 24th, and this is Celtics Beat on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 501, featuring former NBA.com and Sports Illustrated writer, and of course, author Ian Thompson is powered by HelloFresh and BetOnline.ag. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the promo code BEAT60 for 60% off and free shipping. Also, go to BetOnline.ag today, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everybody? New edition of Celtics Beat. We have 500 behind us. It's on to the next 500, and we've got big plans, including for this season, and we kick things off. I can't think of a better way to do it, other than with someone that hasn't, uh, you know, we haven't had the pleasure of having on the show throughout most of this season. In fact, I think it goes back to, like, September, October. So great to have Ian Thompson back, a good friend of the program. Of course, Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. Ian, how you been? Great. How are you guys? Well, I, we couldn't you be better. So the Celtics have won 43 games. They're tops in the East, tops in the entire NBA coming off, uh, as, as we were texting about last night, kind of a, a gross win, but a good one at the same time in Indiana to win in overtime. Not much for defense in that one, incredibly high scoring, but yeah, all is right in the Celtics universe. In fact, uh, you know, before we even talk about the sort of the, the second half, I put that in quote fingers for people just listening, not watching, because as we know, we are well past the halfway point of the season, but just past the all-star break now our last show was pre-all-star break so how do we not acknowledge jason tatum going out and and dropping double nickels an all-star game record 55 points and yet Jalen brown leading the way on the other side with 35 points just an, an incredible showing by by the celtics representatives there at the all-star game yeah it, it's uh you know, a turning of the page for the NBA, right? Uh, and Jason Tatum clearly sees himself as one of the best players, if not the best player, and felt entirely comfortable occupying that role in in that environment among those guys, um, <clears throat> which is a great sign to me that, you know, of a guy that's going to be going into the playoffs, uh, he has to see himself as carrying his team at times, and he clearly sees himself in that role now, Going into last year, were we sure he felt that way? And now we are sure. Look, hey, was we, we, don't celebrate, we don't celebrate all, all NBA All Star MVP awards around here. You know what I mean? Like that's it's not a it's not a thing we're hunting for. We're 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 off to bigger and better pastures here. And I think I, think, I, I did appreciate everybody on social media saying, though, "Is this what we care about now? We care about All Star Game MVPs. What about regular season MVPs? What about Finals MVPs? Nobody's ever happy, is what it boils down to in the cesspool that is Twitter. But I love it. I love all of you. I feel like Adam Jones is going to run with that take this afternoon, Adam. You might, <laughs> might want to print this out before Jones gets to hear this and runs with that. Your arch nemesis. I mean, he's probably never heard of you, Evan, but. Clown you are take. his arch nemesis. Clown take. To, 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 to think that you don't want a guy who has talked about the MVP award only because people have asked him about it and he's in the conversation for it, how that's supposed to be some bad thing. I, I just like, I can't, I can't follow you on that one. That one's, I, I, you people, GMs, presidents of, of, of operations, owners in any sort of league that run teams would kill to have a young 20s, mid-20s MVP candidate who is just the easiest person to to have on your team in terms of drama. There's no drama. The most drama we've had with Jason Tatum is his shoes are ugly. And I wouldn't even say all of them are ugly. I would just say specific ones are ugly. That pink lemonade one is nice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- it's it's not a great shoe. Not I mean, I'm happy, style, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm happy I'm for him. I'm happy for him. I'll never have a signature shoe unless I like you know call up my buddy Sway and custom design one for myself. But nobody's gonna buy it. So uh, look, good good for Jason Tatum. I I think it's nice Ian, that that obviously he he went out and and won MVP of that game. And it's it's not even so much specifically winning MVP or specifically setting the scoring record or or anything like that. It's more as you alluded to just. Just the, it's more than blending in now. It's, it's holding his own among the world's greatest players and going out there and being dominant and saying, not only do I belong, I'm as good as, if not better than most or all of you. And watch out for me later in the year when it, when it comes time to the finals, because, you know, we intend to get back there and we intend to hoist banner 18 this time around. I'm not going to fall short. I'm not going to turn the ball over a hundred plus times. This is my league now. I want want him as long as he continues to be a team player and that was fully on display out there in Indiana last night I want him to have that aura of confidence that that you know I I think really let's say halfway through last year started to kick in on a regular basis and hasn't gone away yeah and we've seen this guy grow up in front of us I mean he was really good right from the start <clears throat> and year after year showed improvement and was had a lot of big time playoff experiences. We went deep in the playoffs multiple times, and yet what was always the criticism? You don't see enough fire. He doesn't seem to believe in his teammates. Doesn't seem to. He doesn't carry himself like the great player that people want him to be. We've seen him grow into that and develop it. It's all happened organically for him. It's not. He hasn't faked any of it. He hasn't faked any of it. And now when he's doing that in the terrible All-Star game that has zero meaning except for the fact that this guy is now so secure in his own skin um, that he has no problem going in and just dominating these other guys. Okay, you want to play a, a crap game? I'll dominate it. I'll just kill you all at your own game, and this is who I am now. And good luck in a couple months from now when you when you have to deal with me in the playoffs. I think that was – if any statement was being made, if there was any importance at all the All-Star game, it was that. That was it. It shouldn't be lost either, and we can go on and on about Tatum and and, and probably will at some point over the next half hour or so, but it, it shouldn't be lost the fact that Jalen Brown, picked as a reserve, obviously, uh, you know, goes out and and leads Team LeBron in scoring with the 35 and lead the, what do you have, 14 rebounds or something like that. It was hilarious pulling up the, you know, I, I on the CBS app, you know, you get the, you log in, it's the all-star game, it says the score, and it says top performers, and it's Tatum points, rebounds, Brown points, rebounds. Like, you would have thought it was a Celtics game and not not a game featuring, you know, all the best players in, in the entire world. So it was uh, I, I'm I'm just as happy, if not happier, in some ways that Jalen went out and did what he did, full mask and everything like that, or half mask with the with the full beard that he's got. But it all looks like a full mask because the beard's so dark. To go out and and do what he did uh, on on that stage, despite being kind of one of the less heralded guys, and there were questions going in as to whether he would even play because of the elbow to the face. Uh, I, I just found that to be incredibly impressive. Uh, I agree. And that's how he sees himself too, you know, and not backing down to anybody. Um, Batman mask kind of set a tone for him. Um, but I, I, I look ahead now to the, the last couple of months, and I think this is something that's really important to Celtics fans 
is the idea that that Jalen stays healthy and establishes himself as a certain all NBA player so that he gets uh, access to that super max deal. And then Celtics fans can sort of relax a little bit and think, okay, Mm -hmm. no matter what happens in the playoffs this year, these two guys are going to be together for a number of years. Cause if he doesn't get the all NBA, if he doesn't get the super max deal, now it really opens up the door for him to start thinking about, do I, am I ever really going to establish myself as the number two guy here in Boston? Am I going to get paid what I want to be paid or do I really need to go out and find my own team so I can be the number one guy on my own team? If he can, if he can get that all NBA status this year and it opens up the door to a super max extension well now there's there's really no reason for him to leave right he's getting the money uh he has a chance to win championships everybody understands who he is you know there's there's no insecurity there really so i i think that's a really big deal uh and i bet celtics fans are talking about that a lot looking ahead to the, the final couple of months of the regular season well, Jalen and I, Evan has lots of thoughts on this. And we'll get to them in a second, but just to, to sort of jump off of your point right there, because I've been thinking about this a lot. The fact that like Jalen the other day when at the all-star game, he was talking about sacrifice and, you know, cause he was asked basically, and this wasn't the exact question, but basically, Hey, you want to be your guy number one on another team or, or, or are you sort of content living in Jason Tatum's shadow and doing what you're doing? And which is obviously all NBA caliber play and, and hoping to cash in. I do think that he's going to meet those parameters. He's going to get it, going to get there and the organization's going to pay him. And I think all is going to be right in the world. I think that that will all work out hopefully, but uh, you know, him talking about sacrifice and saying all the right things. I'm good with his comments, but just sort of thinking about in particular this year and, and never mind the incremental growth every single year, how he just adds another facet to his game and gets better and all of that. Thinking specifically this year, I'm looking at it right now. He is averaging roughly 27 points, seven rebounds, playing about 36 minutes, missed, you know, what, 10 games ballpark. I think, like, I'm not this basketball savant or anything like that. I think this is relative common sense. I feel like Ian, as good a player as he is, and he is, no disrespect to Jalen whatsoever, but part of what makes him so effective on this team is that Jason Tatum is here and that some attention goes to Tatum versus Brown being the one, the guy that always has to be double teamed and taken out of games. And occasionally there will be those nights Tatum doesn't play. Brown is the one he still delivers in spite of it. But if I'm wondering what's Jalen Brown look like on another team where he is the one guy, I'm not sure he's even averaging 27 points a game. I'm not sure he's putting up the numbers that he's having right now. I think part of the success comes from the fact that, that they're a two-headed monster here, and he can capitalize on that. Am I off on this? No, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, but that's our point of view. It's how he sees it that matters. Um, and I don't think we can ever uh, assume that what we view as common sense applies to somebody's view of themselves. Um when Kevin played with Larry, you never heard a hint, uh, and Kevin was the number two guy on the team, you never heard a hint of, oh, I should have my own team, or I should, it's a different time, free agency wasn't what it is today and all that, but he was very happy 
being the number two guy, Larry, and trying to win championships every year and very secure in his role. Um, but this is a different time. And I, I always go back. I mean, I know it was years ago, but I always go back to something Danny Ainge said um, the first time I think that this young group made to the conference finals. And he's, I think he said Jalen came up to him and said, so after what we did, we're as good as your teams, right? In the eighties. And, and it was a funny story about a young player who didn't have perspective, but it just opens up your, your mindset to this, this point of view that they see things differently than we do. And that's part of what makes them great, right? They, they believe in themselves to an extent that maybe we at times think they shouldn't, but it's because they have that belief and that confidence that they reach so high and they go so far. So it's not a criticism of him to say that maybe somebody would say that Jalen Brown overrates himself. It's, it's maybe what he needs. He needs that to be great. He needs that point of view to be great. But when it comes down to, if he doesn't get the big money, let's say he gets, God forbid, he gets hurt and he doesn't in voters minds, he doesn't qualify for an all NBA deal. And so he's left behind not making the money that he was expecting to make. Now it opens up the door for him to look somewhere else. And he's thinking, you know, if I'm healthy, I, I could be just as good as anybody else. Because again, that's, that's what makes these guys so good is that they, they have this faith in themselves and maybe other people don't have. I'm just glad I didn't mention the injury because Ev, if it happens now, we can point to Ian and say it's his fault. But you were making faces when I was talking. You disagree with what I was saying? I'll, I'll say this. I'm going on vacation from April 9th to like the 17th. So if anything bad happens, it'll be that that stretch right there, just like last year, <laughs> how Rob got injured when I was on vacation. I have yeah. a couple of things, but Coffin, I want to throw this back at you just because I think it's an interesting place where we've gone with this discussion. I would argue that th- this type of problem happening as a Celtic versus a Charlotte Hornet or a Houston Rocket or name most other franchises, maybe that's a problem. But because Jalen at his, if, if he wants it, and this is, he has to go out and seek his advice, but Boston has had so many championship teams with so many outstanding Hall of Fame type players at this point that there's no other organization on earth outside of maybe the LA Lakers that can help explain to him that, yeah, like in order for teams to win championships, players have to make sacrifices. Like go talk to Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce about making sacrifices to win a championship and, and how the grass might not be greener as the, the one option somewhere else, you know, talk to, again, you bring up, you know, Larry Bird and, and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish, like talk to those guys and talk about how, you know, you're going to good teams have great players Historic mm-hmm. teams have great players. In order for those teams to win the whole thing, you have to make sacrifices. Hell, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD, like that's one of the greatest, you know, assemblies of talent anybody's ever seen in a basketball court. But all of those guys had to make sacrifices for that mm-hmm. to really work. Now it happens that, you know, Steph is the easiest teammate in the history of basketball where he can just do everything that you need a teammate to do. Clay is an easy guy to get along with, so it worked out just fine there. But like Kaufman, I would argue – that this might be something that they can easily convey to Jalen versus other franchises that could be, that could say like, Hey, like, yeah, we, you know, we've had all this team success over the past blank amount of years. And, you know, those teams made like, no, the Celtics have, have a history of guys making sacrifices for the greater team. For sure. On that. No, to, to be clear, if, if I wasn't, I don't think it's a problem at all. I think it's a good thing. In fact, I think that 
I think it's sort of the fault of the media, like the 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 grand media, anyone that asks Jalen these questions about again being Jason's number two, being his 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 Robin to his Batman, being in his shadow, all of that stuff. I think it's actually something he's benefiting from. I think this is a good thing for Jalen Brown, personally, statistically, culture wise for the team. Maybe we'll see about for his bankroll, maybe not. Uh, and maybe it's not for his ego, or maybe it is because he needs that chip on his shoulder and, and this sort of presents that and he has it and he benefits from that as well. I don't know. I don't know what makes him tick, but it, to me, it, it, it all seems like th- this is like a, a, a best case scenario as a Celtics fan that Jason, that Jalen Brown can go out, put up the numbers that he's putting up, do what he is doing, being as effective as he is, being a number one caliber guy when Tatum, and when Tatum is either unavailable or just having an off night, as you know, we saw for much of that game, at least the first half in Indiana last night. And he can still come out of it and say, all right, we're on the top team in the NBA. This is good. Yeah. The context is exactly as you laid out. Adam, the, everything's great. And he's saying all the right things and he's performing as well as you could ask anybody to perform. Um, and there's no hint of tension um, and it's all going on the right path. Um, so all, all I was bringing up was what if, what if the the floor gives way and all of a sudden something bad happens and he doesn't oh, sure. get all NBA um, status that I, I just, there goes Banner eighteen with it, Ian. That's that's yeah. a catastrophe. We don't no, need that. I know, but I'm just, but I'm I'm thinking also long term. I I just hear fans talking about this, like keep these guys together for a long run, so it goes beyond this year, and mm-hmm. that that would be the one little uh, concern I think that people have that okay, would one bad thing lead to another bad thing as far as the Celtics go, but. You couldn't ask anything more of Jalen Brown than than you're getting from him, especially in this era when so many young players are consumed with this idea of being the man. And it all goes back to Michael Jordan. This didn't exist before Michael Jordan. And nobody talked about being the number one guy in the team. It was when Michael Jordan started talking about my supporting cast and he got all the credit for everything. That's when... Uh, all of a sudden you had Kobe and Shaq fighting over who was going to be number one and breaking up a championship dynasty. And you've had other teams where it's been an issue. Um, that This is a modern day free agency, big money driven thing. But so far the Celtics look like as, as a twosome and as a team in the franchise, they look like they've been able to transcend this trend. To Ian's credit about, this all NBA thing. Tatum doesn't have to worry about this really much anymore. Now that he, he broke through to the first team all NBA last year, he's going to make his second straight first team all NBA team this year. So kind of how the history things go. And Ian, you can speak more to this than I can, because you've been a, a part of this a lot longer. Um, once you kind of break in, you're kind of hard to take out unless you have a, like a, a really bad injury that derails you for most of the season. Like even at this point, even as if Tatum were to get hurt, he probably still makes an all NBA team. I don't know if you've taken a look at the all NBA guards, Ian. It's, it's going to be really tough to crack that, that list of six guys. I mean, there are countless numbers of good guards in this league. And when you start weighing some of the resumes, like getting hurt, like Curry getting hurt 
for as long as he's been hurt is going to, you know, change the the positioning of things. Like Curry's probably going to make an all NBA team, which one we don't know. Like Luca is like cemented first team at this point at infinitum. But the guy like Brown who has this borderline case where he's averaging 27 and seven on incredible efficiency on the best team in the league. Like all those things are good for him. He needs more things like that and not like, Oh, but he missed X amount of games here and X amount of games here and X amount of games here. So weighing that, you know, it is becomes difficult. I don't know if you've taken a look at the landscape and said like Jalen has to worry about these other guys in his quest for all NBA, because if he gets hurt, these guys could overtake him. Have you thought about that? I haven't, but what I did think about was um, the fact that the guy scored 35 in an all-star game, as stupid as that game was. <laughs> that was a terrible coaches, game. Absolutely uh, yeah, awful. The all-time, just Denver coach was right about it, but um, that's that's going to stick with the voters. You know, like we talked about how Jason Tatum sees himself and expressed that just matter-of-factly by scoring 55 in the All-Star game. Well, Jalen Brown had 35 and showed that he's not just a sidekick, you know, and I really think that's going to stick with people and it's going to, it's going to help him. And it was really smart of him to go for it. Really smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other thing too, I just want to bring up, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. We've touched on this to some degree before, but I, and, and, and before any listeners, viewers come at me, it, it like, let's, I'm not, I'm not saying one is better or more significant than the other. I'm just outlining these two guys are very, very different people, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They both care a great deal about basketball and their teams and winning a championship. And I'm assuming they both care a whole lot about money, which is why we're talking about, you know, Jalen Brown's case for, for all NBA. But beyond that, you know, Tatum is the, the devoted father who in many ways on a personal level is at a, a, a very different stage of his life. Obviously Jalen Brown doesn't have kids, you know, Deuce is running around. He's, he's a part of everything that Tatum does. He's, you know, he cares about having a signature shoe and being part of the Jordan brand. He cares about having his face on a bag of Doritos. He cares about rubbing elbows with, you know, Kevin Hart and Jay-Z and all these other guys and, and being in that inner celebrity circle. Jalen Brown, Maybe he cares about that stuff. I don't know. I've never felt like he does because he's the guy who's the activist and he's the, you know, more concerned about the, the political climate and, 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 uh, again, activism and obviously all things that come along with uh, being on the board with the PA and being a VP, you know, as he's done in the past. And, you know, like he could be Bill Bradley. He could be a senator one day that we, we oftentimes say the things that he's going to do after basketball are going to be more significant than anything he ever achieves on the court. I just think all of this is sort of relevant to the conversation when you start to talk about, you know, a guy's role within the context of a team. I don't... Uh, I feel like this is just sort of a, a a footnote in Jalen Brown's life in some ways when it comes to, you know, what, like, where are you ranking your stature within the Celtics organization? And, and maybe it's to some degree a bigger deal to, to Jason Tatum, just sort of the way that he's built, Ian. What a great point, Adam. Um, and if, if Jalen's viewing the bigger, bigger picture and imagining what he's going to go on to do, well, there aren't very many places that give him a better uh, stage to express himself. And he's got his own 
each each guy has their own lane. I mean, they're, they're going off in different directions off the court, as you just pointed out. And so playing for the Boston Celtics, contending for championships, you know, if the Lakers get to be good again, having a, a finals against the Lakers, you know, all of that, uh, it won't matter in the long run years from now whether Jalen Brown was the number two guy or not. If he's, if he, let's say he sees a political future for himself. Um, people aren't, when he's out on the campaign trail, they're not going to be saying, yeah, but you were the number two guy that team. No, they're, they're going to be saying, you know, he won two or three championships. He, he scored this many points. He did this and that while also doing this, 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 and that off the court, you know, the, the the stuff we're talking about right now, if he's seeing the bigger picture and he has a plan for himself that goes beyond basketball, renders all of this meaningless, really, as long as he can get done what he wants to get done. Yeah. All right. So there's, uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, one, it, because like 95% of the stuff that we've spent this show talking about has been awesome. Like, well, it's all been awesome, but 95% of it, it like wasn't even on my radar to discuss today. It, it just so happened we went there and we had a great conversation. I hope people out there enjoyed it. There is a housekeeping thing I meant to mention, Evan, right off the top, uh, because I got called out by some people who listened to our last show pre all-star break. Uh, I was clowning on Mac McClung, talking about how I'd never even heard of the guy, who's this dude in the dunk contest, and goes out and puts on, Ian, uh, one of the best dunk displays uh, in that contest that we have seen in years. Mac McClung out there trying to single-handedly bring back the dunk contest. Three-point contest, despite all the names, sucked. Skills competition, boring. The dunk contest was legitimately good this year, and I can't remember being less excited for it going in in uh, in years past than I was this one with the names that were involved. So kudos to Mac McClung. Yeah, and what's his status? Two-way player? Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably back in the G League already. Yeah. So people were saying, isn't the All-Star game supposed to be about All-Stars? But I think should for, the be. NBA, for the NBA, it just showed that um, they're interested in in selling the G League, and eventually, I I think they foresee a G League that basically becomes bigger than the NCAA tournament or something because all the mm. good young players are playing in the G League, and I don't know why the G League hasn't gone to a, a March Madness format of their own. That, that emphasizes the, the young guys who skip college or leave early and come there. I, but I think that's the future of it. And so this, this kind of helps bridge them to that. Well, and the all-stars that we would like to see in the dunk contest, like it was, you know, whatever, 30 years ago or whenever, 30, 40 years ago, these guys don't want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, for good reason. For good they, reason. You, you got to turn to somebody. Yeah. All right. Uh, where I want to focus next, uh, this, and this is actually where I planned on opening the show. I, 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 this is, this is to me, I, I don't know if everybody's talking about this, but if they're not, they should be because this to me is the single most interesting thing surrounding the Boston Celtics right now with the win last night. And it didn't matter if they won or lost or whatever, but with the game last night coming out of the all star break with everybody available, everybody healthy other than Danilo Gallinari 
we got a first look, a preliminary look at not only actually seeing the starting five together, which has barely happened this year. It was like the sixth time all season that the starting five, the true starting five has been together for a total of maybe 40 minutes. They barely played together this year and the team still leads the NBA with 43 wins. But we got to see what Joe Missoula was going to do with minutes and rotations. And so obviously the game went to overtime, skews it a little bit. But other than that, it was a great indicator because it was a close game. It was close all the way throughout. So you had Tatum and Brown both go for over 40 minutes. That's going to happen a lot in the playoffs. Uh, somehow he was still Missoula able to keep Al Horford and Rob Williams minutes down, which was great. Horford at 34, Rob at 26. And then you look at the bench, Brogdon, heavy minutes, Derek White, reasonably heavy minutes at 25, but Brogdon was at 37. Those two guys are going to be in whatever order your sixth, seventh guys off the bench. I think if there's any surprise at all, and it's not that Blake Griffin and Mike Muscala didn't play, it's that although Luke Cornett seeing minutes ahead of both of them, I think was mildly interesting. But the most interesting thing is that you had Sam Hauser going out there and playing double the minutes of Grant Williams. Grant Williams with a healthy group played only six minutes. This guy who was such an integral part of the playoffs last year and throughout moments, obviously, of the regular seasons in years past, including this year. Only six minutes, Ian, in that game. And it wasn't because of foul trouble or anything like that. He had one foul. He just got buried behind everybody else. And Sam Hauser goes out, uh, you know, on the wing and, and was raining threes and had his eight points and was a plus 14 player in a game the Celtics only won by three four. Blocks. But uh, three blocks. But but he played 13 minutes. So I just, I found the rotations and the minutes and, and again, healthy Celtics and, and, DNP for Peyton Pritchard. That won't surprise anybody. I found this to be just very, I don't know about telling because it's the first game. We'll see what the next game looks like, but interesting as the playoffs are only a couple months away. It is. And uh, that was a small team they were playing against. So if, if they're playing Milwaukee last night, Grant's going to play a lot of minutes guarding Giannis. So to me, that was the matchups. A lot of that. And and uh, it's good to have Hauser out at the three point line the way he was, and maybe somehow uh, just his style of play fit the game better than than Grant. Um, keeping the minutes down for the two big guys easier to do against a team like Indiana. Um, so, but yeah, I th- that's really interesting to me too that that the this is a rare thing to have the band back together in full and hear all the instruments and see the way it's conducted. Um, I I just took away the the importance of Marcus Smart to that team, you know, like. um, Especially in overtime. Yeah. I owned OT. Yeah. And just doing whatever needs to be done. And you almost, the, 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 the takeaways from that game were Marcus Duncan on um, Halliburton and then uh, Tatum fighting for the ball and then the coach fighting for the ball. I was going to say Joe Mazzula fighting for a loose ball. Exactly. Well, where does all that come from? Like, who's who, who's the genesis of that? And that's Marcus. Like, that, that you don't think of uh you don't think of a head coach fighting for a loose ball and really you don't think of a guy who scored 55 points in the all-star game diving for a loose ball and not letting go 
I, we talk a lot about the goat. Marcus is the grout. Marcus is the guy that like gets in all, fills in all of the gaps and cracks of the team and whatever they need, he figures that out and, and um, makes it right. You know, and, and there's a lot of complaining that he goes too far and he makes some dumb moves, but I view that in a positive way as a sense of fearlessness and going into the playoffs they're going to have a totally different mindset as a team where last year they were sort of the underdog that rose up over the second half and defied all the expectations and kind of had nothing to lose last year. This year they've got to win the championship and there's going to be a lot of the pressure that comes with that. And somebody's going to have to like take it upon themselves and not be afraid to fail. Uh, I'm sure Tatum won't be afraid to fail. I bet Jalen won't be afraid to fail, but we know Marcus won't be afraid to fail. Marcus will take chances and you got to take chances and you got to be willing to make some of the dumb plays that he makes in order to make the great ones that he makes like that pass at the end of uh, game one against Brooklyn last year to find Tatum going to the basket and holding onto the ball when you were thinking the, the buzzer was going to sound, you know, you, you need to be able to take those risks. And so whenever you find yourself slapping yourself in the head saying, what a boneheaded play by Marcus, it's kind of like, thank goodness he's got that impulse because they're really, really going to need that kind of play in the playoffs. Somebody's going to have to do those kinds of things, and he's the guy that's going to do them. Is that the day that the Brooklyn Nets died, by the way, when Marcus Smart <laughs> made that pass to Jason Tatum? Yeah, how how would things have been different maybe if somehow they, they could have they could have won that game and not yeah. lost the way by the teamwork that the, the Celtics show because this, yeah. the Nets had no teamwork and they got, yeah. they got unlocked by teamwork. Just to back up Ian on this, I've, I've made the argument that smart is like the third most important player on the Celtics outside mm-hmm. of the, the Jays. It's I think smarts there. B-ball mm-hmm. index is a great chart. I'm going to hold it up to the screen so people can see it, but I'm going to explain it. Um, it's a look at which off ball guard slash wings are passing more and creating better looks for their teammates. I'd argue that smart is not an off ball guard, but I'm not going to disagree with the semantics of this because it just highlights how great Marcus is. So basically the higher up on the X axis you are, which uh, dictates how, that you're, you're, you have more passes leading to potential assists and further along the Y axis or wait a minute. Y is vertical. Are you, and are you going to hold up the the effing around meme chart? Is this, no. Is this Basically, is? the 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 more if you're in the upper right quadrant, that means you have more passes leading to potential assists, and you have better swat shot quality for teammates on said passes. Now I'm going to hold this up here, just like this. Now you see a guy. There are a couple outliers here. If yeah. I zoom in on that, the guy right there. Yeah, he's is pretty Marcus good. Smart which means he's one of the best connector guys in the league. When we talked about why Derek White, trading for Derek White was really important for the Celtics, he's a great connector in terms of getting the ball to the right people. He also knows how to attack. He's a great defender, all that stuff. Derek White's excellent. But Smart is arguably better at all of those things that Derek does on the offensive side of the ball. Marcus is a better version of that. And without him, their offense struggles a lot in spurts in the half court. And now that Marcus is back, and it's been only a few games so far, but now that he's back, this this I expect this half court offense to just get a little bit crisper as we head towards the playoffs. Like Smart's Smart's availability is ginormously important. Now it's fortunate for Boston that they have so many guards that Peyton Pritchard, as Adam alluded to last night, didn't even play. 
And he's yep. an excellent guard. So what was great about what Adam was just talking about was last night, not only did we see what Joe will do pending matchups, right? I agree with you, and they went a little bit on the smaller side because Indiana trends that direction. But this team is outrageously deep. I mean, outrageous to the point where guys like Muscala uh, and Pritchard are just sitting there doing nothing with their hands just like this the entire time watching the game go by. That's a huge luxury for Boston. So as we keep getting going here, the one thing that I think, Adam, by highlighting this, look at the trends as we go. Like, notice who's closing games. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence or a mistake that Malcolm Brogdon was in the game to close the game last night. I said this being mm-hmm. the year. I think he's going to be a part of the closing lineup. It's just going to be a question of is it going to be Al or is it going to be Rob as the primary big at the end of games. We'll see how that plays out. But the, the fact that this team has so many different options where Derek White's not playing at the end of games, Pritchard's not coming off the bench, and there's Muscala. This team's depth, again, along with the star talent, they have two guys that are insane. They both went for 30 points last night, but it was really more about how deep this team is to win that game last night. And they can beat you to punish different varieties. And I don't know about you, Ian, as, as you take sort of an, a, lance, a look at the landscape, I think that's going to be Boston's greatest advantage. It's just they're, they're going to be able to play – any style you want to play, they're going to have the right bodies to do it, I think. Yeah, and, and enforcing it with their defense and their size on defense. We we haven't been talking about that as much this year. They've really been more of an offensive team than a defensive team. Part of that is the way the NBA is trending. Games are just so much higher scoring, even this year, it seems. Um, and the Celtics' offense is – it, it flows much better because they have Brogdon, but also Tatum is just so much more comfortable. It seems to me as that facilitator now and playing through him. Whereas last year it was a new thing for him to be playing at such a high level in that role. And now uh, it's just a natural thing. You're not like watching it saying, wow, he's really running the show. You're just expecting to see it. So, but if their defense can reestablish itself as really a defining element of the team, which is what it was last year. If they, if they can climb to the top of those rankings defensively and just lock people down with their size across the board um, and maybe, maybe having Marcus back in the lineup over the last couple of months will help establish that. But that, that's a big thing for me going forward. In addition to what you're talking about, Evan, and the fact that, they've got so much depth means that they can play hard on defense because they can go deeper into their bench if they need to. I also guys, I don't, we haven't talked about this all season. Ev. I, and I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. I don't have a complaint about this team. You know what I mean? Like I don't, there is this like, yeah, but thing. There isn't this thing that I just don't there's one, like. There's one. Yeah. But, and it's Missoula. Because yeah. we have no idea what he's going to do in the playoffs. We have no, no, for sure. No, but, that's but that's the only one. But that's, but that's an unknown. That's not a complaint. That's, that's, that's totally different. I guess what I mean is like this. I, I know fans don't, well, some more than others. Most fans don't get caught up in the whole likability thing of a team unless, you know, you're trying to look for a reason to maybe like a bad team or something like that. You never really talk about it with teams that are the best in the NBA because you don't care. It's like, who cares how likable they are? They're winning and they're chasing a championship. I just, I love this team, this group of people so much. Like there's no, you know, as an outsider, there's no bad egg 
There's no guy that's in there like quietly maybe disrupting chemistry. There's no, you know, even, even if you, if, if we were to think back to like the last team that was almost maybe as likable as this group for the Celtics, you all, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like correct me by all means. I feel like you almost have to go back to like the end when IT was still here, like pre, you know, those moves for Kyrie and Hayward and all, you know, the, the, some of the turmoil that followed that throughout as good as like, you know, Kemba was as a man, like there were still issues with some of those teams. I go back to kind of the, the spunky overachievers when IT was here, but I would still look at IT and oftentimes I, I criticize the whole king and the fourth thing because, well, yeah, he had to go out and dominate on offense because he was so, you know, incapable on defense that there, that was the yeah, but you know what I mean? It was the, this is, these are the holes. These are the problems. This team, and I'm not saying it's, it's a guarantee they win a championship or anything like that. Anything can happen. Anything can screw up a championship chase. But as we sit here right now, late February, this team, on paper and on the court, quite frankly, is basically exactly what you want. It's exactly what you want it to be. And that sort of scares me. That, that's my yeah, but that, that's, that frightens me. And it frightens me how happy I am, how much joy I'm taking in this group. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. But when um, every time Brad Stevens has made a move in the short time of running the show, um, I don't think he's cared so much about putting a team together that's likable, but I think that's sort of what's coming out of the exhaust pipe of the. Yeah, he's putting a puzzle together. He wants to make sure it fits. Because yeah, because he he and it wasn't just what guys do on the court, but how they would get along as people. And so, Jason Tatum is still twenty four. Uh, you know, if he'd won the championship last year, he would have been the youngest number one star of a championship team since Larry Bird's first title in the early 80s. I mean, that's what he was trying to do. So if you want a young guy like that to lead you to a championship, what do you need? You need a team without drama. You can't expect a 23, 24-year-old to go in there like a lion tamer and convince all these guys the way Michael Jordan used to do hey, shut up or I'm going to punch you in the face kind of thing. Jason Tatum's not like that. That's not what he's going to do. So Brad, having coached the team and knowing these guys so well, clearly has brought in people that he knows will fit in and will create an environment that doesn't have drama. The only drama that came that's come from this team is from the head coach who's no longer here. So, um, and look what how Brad handled that. <laughs> he got... He got over that real fast. I mean, mm-hmm. he, did not, he did not let that linger. So I just think the, the fact that you uh, like the team so much, that so many people like the teams, that that's a, a part of the design. That's part of the, the the idea of how it was all put together in the first place. And if Danny was running it, would would he have cared about that as much? I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. But, but it, I think it really, really matters to Brad. Yeah, I, Brad is Brad's batting a thousand right now. And just to just mm-hmm. to back that up really quickly, uh, Jay King wrote a great piece for the Athletic, highlighting Blake Griffin and and Blake's contribution as a locker room guy. And you just read everything about Blake or name other like everything that surrounds this team in terms of what's happening. Because that's one of the big things is you're together for eighty two plus games. I mean, it's not just about basketball at that point. It's about you know camaraderie and 
and having guys that, that, that get along and having guys from other places. And Brogdon's talked about this and Derek White has talked about this and Blake Griffin has talked about this. Muscala has talked about this. You know, this, the locker room is just full of professional guys. And I, to your credit, you know, I do believe that's by design. You know, it, it takes two to tango all the time and you don't always get the guy you're trying to get, but the guys that Brad has brought in have brought incredible perspective to a team of young guys that who have experienced a lot of things, but only in one place. So I, again, I, I, kudos to Brad. He's put together a masterful roster here of, of youth talent, guys on not short term deals, but longer term deals and guys that highlight the play of his two stars. It's been a masterclass. So I want to mention before we go that the Celtics uh, next play Saturday night in Philadelphia, continue this road trip, and then in New York at the Knicks, that is uh, on Monday. So they'll be on the road for, uh, you know, a few more days as we sit here right now, and then uh, back home on, on Wednesday to kick off March or tip off March, March 1st against Cleveland. So you got Philly and New York. Should be a couple of good tests, Philly in particular, obviously, especially for all those people that remain scared of the Sixers, Ev. Uh, a milestone watch, if you will. Um, with the, uh, the, the latest 30 feet for Tatum and Brown, both going 30 plus uh, against the Pacers last night in that OT game. Good nugget from, uh, ESPN stats and info. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have each scored 30 points in the same game nine times this season, including, of course, that game against the Pacers. Over the last 30 years, guys, Ian, you're a historian. Over the last 30 years, the only duo to record more such games in a season is Kobe and Shaq, 10. They did that in 2001 and 12 in 0203. So Tatum and, uh, and Brown, three away from uh, matching, four from breaking that mark. And uh, with uh, what? How many games are left in the season? 40. They're going to die. 22. 22 games left. Plenty of time Dang. to snap that uh, that mark. I'm just a, just another thing to be excited about, Ian. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... It's going to be an amazing run, and and you know something crazy is going to happen. Like there's going to be something unexpected along the way. There always is, but maybe the depth and the way the team's been put together allows them to withstand that. But everything we're talking about, it, it something's going to change it. That's for sure. We know that. We just don't know what. Yeah, they'll all be out there huddled together, <laughs> raising the banner. Up, up to the rafters. That's that's, that's wood coffin. <laughs> you hear it? Doing it right now. All right. Thanks, Ian Thompson. Thanks, Devin Valenti. I'm Adam Kaufman. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Celtics beat, of course, returns next week. We are into the uh, the second half, folks. Playoffs are rapidly approaching. Thanks to Bet Online. Thanks to Hello Fresh. Thanks to all of you. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you soon.